Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. You might turn your Bibles to the passage there in Jeremiah and just leave it there. And in a little bit, that will be our main text as we think about this daily, this day theme of the sheep. We talked this morning about the fact that the abundant life includes the sheep. You're not a sheep, you can't have the abundant life. And tonight we're going to look at what happens when sheep are not sheep. Before we do that, I want to think back for just a minute and tell you, maybe you've had this experience. Most of us have had an experience similar to this one. I remember in about the eighth grade when some guys figured out that I rather was drawn to a certain young lady over here. And they were unbearable. Every time they figured out fast, every time they brought up her name, my face would just go red as fire. And now that's what they did. And they would pester me constantly just to see me blush and get embarrassed. Well, maybe you've lived through that. Maybe you understand that concept. And so you can get it when you feel a certain way, when you're embarrassed, when you're sensitive, uh, when you want to hide, when things don't feel just right. I think it is interesting in this text that we're going to see that the people of God had forgotten how to blush. We'll get there. Let's talk, first of all, the idea about sheepishness. The idea tonight is that the sheep, according to this text, have lost their sheepishness. They have forgotten what it is to be a sheep. The word sheepish is a word that we have a negative connotation to. It means you are embarrassed, uh, you are sensitive, you're led away easily, you have some problems, you're sheepish. And we don't want to be sheepish. We don't want to be someone known for that. And yet that's exactly what God is calling us to be. He's calling us to be sheepish. But the word by its definition, discusses the idea of being humiliated or embarrassed. Let's notice how it's used in Scripture, this word for blushing. You know the story of Ruth and how when she came back with her mother-in-law to the Palestinian land, the Palestine land, she went out to a near relative's field in order to pick the corners of the field. God had made a law that they were not allowed to reap the corners of their fields so that people who needed food freely could go and reap that. Well, Boaz, her near relative, actually wanted it better than that. He told his servants, not just the corners, but you leave some behind that's not in the corners just for her. And then he said this, and don't embarrass her. Don't insult her. Don't make fun of her because she's having to do this. That word sheepish 
is intended to say, don't embarrass, don't call attention to it, don't deal with it that way. In 2 Samuel, David's servants are confronting a man named Hanan, who is an Amalekite. And in order to prove his superiority, he grabbed those servants and he cut off half of their beards and cut off half of their clothes and sent them home humiliated or embarrassed or blushing. I think we can get that one because somebody cuts off half your clothes, you're going to be embarrassed. And with that time frame, with a half a beard, it took away your masculinity. So I can understand that. In Ezra chapter 9, Ezra is depicted as a man who refused, who couldn't even lift up his head because he was embarrassed. He was humiliated by the sins of his people. And he prayed before God and wouldn't even lift up his head. When people are embarrassed, when they're humiliated, they don't want to look you in the eye. They're downtrodden. That's how this word is used. The wise man in Proverbs 28 and 7 said that a companion of gluttons shames his father. Well, you know what that's like. Your dad may have said to you what my dad said to me and what I passed on to my children and what I expect their children will hear from them as well. When you leave the house, you wear my name. You be careful. That's what he's saying. The father was embarrassed by the actions of his child because he was running around with gluttons, running around with selfish people who had no concern for anybody else except for their own bellies. That was embarrassing. Embarrassing to the father. Jeremiah used an interesting phrase in chapter 3 and verse 3. I don't recall having taken note of it before. Of course, Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet because he was talking to the people who wouldn't change. They weren't stopping their illicit behavior and they were going to be overthrown. And Jeremiah tried to get them to stop. And in chapter 3 and in verse 3, he tells them, you have a head of a harlot. And so you refuse to repent. And you are, refuse that is to be embarrassed. Isn't that interesting? You have the head of a harlot, so you refuse to be embarrassed. You know what he's saying there. He's saying just like the woman who is prostituting herself stands out there in public in full view of everybody. And everybody knows exactly what she's doing. There's no shame there. That's how those people were concerning their own sins. And that's what Jeremiah used when he said the word blushing. But finally, the prophet Ezekiel made a very interesting comparison. He said about the sins of the people, the daughters of the Philistines are embarrassed 
by your lewdness. Now you think about what that means. The Philistine people, a rough-necked people who were never driven out of the promised land as they should have been. They bothered the people of God their entire times there. They were an evil people who didn't respect the Lord. And the people of God so conducted themselves in lewdness that the daughters of the Philistines were embarrassed. How bad do you have to be? to embarrass someone who is that sinful. That's what this word means in Jeremiah 8. That's how it is used. The word sheepish is what comes to mind, and it means you are embarrassed, you are humiliated, you don't want to lift up your eyes, your reputation is such, and that's the word we're talking about tonight, that the sheep have lost their sheepishness. We now turn to the text of Jeremiah chapter 8. Notice with me a couple of things as we deal with this word. Number one, in the context, Jeremiah says that the sheep are no longer in the sheepfold. They're no longer there. Go back to verse 4 as we read the context. Thus says the Lord, God told Jeremiah to say, Will they fall and not rise? Will one turn away and not return? Why has this people slidden back, Jerusalem, in a perpetual backsliding? They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. I listened and heard, but they do not speak right. No man repented of his wickedness, saying, What have I done? Everyone turned to his own course as the horse rushes into the battle. They were no longer in the sheepfold. They were still God's sheep, but they were not in the sheepfold. They had wandered away. They had left. And by their choice, they were lost. So God said in verse 7, Even the stork in the heavens knows her appointed times. And the turtle dove, the swift, and the swallow observe the time of their coming. But my people do not know the judgment of the Lord. He said, dumb animals understand the concept of reaping what you sow. Dumb animals understand the end of things. But you people have forgotten the judgment of the Lord. You just walked out of the sheepfold, and you're over there, and you don't remember the Lord's going to judge. Jeremiah says, the sheep have left the sheepfold. Number two, they have wandered away because they were led away. Now, God is not going to give the people a pass when He says they were led away. But it is true 
that leaders are important. People who everyone looks to and should be following become important. But every person is responsible for himself. Let's notice what Jeremiah says. They've been led away. Notice the first group. The first group are the scribes. Now, the scribes were the people, of course, who copied the law over and over, so they would always have written copies of the law. We would call them, to some degree, the teachers. The ones who are passing on the words of God to the next generation. And what does he say? Their pen is false. Therefore, it makes sense that their works would be false. What's going on? Well, it seems like the scribes, these teachers, intentionally taught something that was not found in the Word of God. Maybe they were changing the law, changing the Word as they were copying it. It would be the case that because of what the way they did things, copying over and over, what would it be if one person, one scribe, had a bent, an idea, and without regard to anyone else, he simply placed his preconceived notion in the text himself to teach error. These people were led away because the scribes, the teachers, were not faithful to the teaching and the presentation of the Word of God. And therefore, they were not in the sheepfold. Maybe they heard a voice that sort of sounded like their shepherd. And they followed that voice out of the sheepfold. There are many teachers, many presenters of the Word of God who sound on the surface to be really solid and good. And the words make sense. But over a period of time in following them, you, become, you come to realize, no, they're not. And by that time, they have drawn people away. And now they've adjusted those sheep ears to hear what they have to say. And they're no longer faithful. And the sheep have been led from the fold. Number two, the leaders have led them from the fold. Verse 9, the wise men, these are the people, the leaders, the ones who are supposed to be in charge, the ones who are supposed to take the lead and to show people what to do. They are ashamed. They are dismayed and taken. They've rejected the word of the Lord. They have rejected. The teachers didn't respect it. And what they did have, the leaders rejected it. And so he says, these wise men, what wisdom do they have? Without the Word of God, they don't have any wisdom. 
And therefore, they're going to suffer. They're going to be punished. They're going to be judged. God said, I'm going to take their fields away. I'm going to take their wives away. Jeremiah was talking about the coming judgment of the Lord to take the people of God away from their place because of their sin. They were separated spiritually from the sheepfold because the leaders led them away. And now God is going to separate them from their homes because they were away. Leaders have a responsibility. A responsibility to lead people in the right direction, in the right way. There are people who follow after leaders just because they have money. Just because they have reputation. Just because they've been around so long. It is not the case that we follow people because they're people. We follow people who themselves are following Jesus. But these leaders led the sheep away. And now they're not in the sheepfold anymore. Number three, the people themselves, the sheep, have become covetous at the end of verse 10. They are covetous. No longer in the sheepfold, now the expanse has opened up. The possibilities have opened up in front of them. And now, no longer content with what the sheepfold offers, now they covet this and this and this. The scribes have not respected the word to transmit it properly. The, lead, the leaders have rejected the word that they have. And now the people are running after covetousness. Whatever their hearts desire, whatever their minds want. It reminds me of what Peter or Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, that there would come a time when they would raise up teachers because they have itching ears. And they just want someone to scratch their ears. They're covetous. I want what I want. I want what you have. I want it all. And they have left the sheepfold. Number four, and the preachers have refused to give them peace. The prophet and the priest, everyone deals falsely. Verse 11, they've healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly saying peace, peace when there is no peace. Even the preachers who are the proclaimers of the word of God, even they can lead the sheep astray. Certainly, God's people have had to suffer at the hands of preachers who have arrogantly failed to present the Word of God as it is the Word of God. And therefore, these sheep have left the sheepfold. There are many preachers who simply want to preach a message of peace, peace, and love, and nicety, and never at all reprimand or rebuke. There's a time for all of that. But these preachers 
were not healing the people. They were damaging them further. You see, the sheep had left the sheepfold. And because of the teachers and the leaders, their own covetousness and the preachers, they are no longer there. So finally we come to verse 12. Now, Jeremiah says, the sheep are no longer sheepish. Were they ashamed when they committed abominations? No. They were not at all ashamed. Nor did they know how to blush. We are a society who no longer blushes. Anything goes. Everything goes. Arrogantly, we have a society promoting all kinds of illicit and evil activity. And our people don't know how to blush anymore. I suppose that every generation hears the one previous say something like, in my day, we wouldn't have put up with that. In my day, that would have embarrassed us. In my day, everybody knew that was wrong. In a way to indict self, me and you indict you, can you think back to a time when spiritually speaking, you were embarrassed at things that no longer embarrass you? Are there things in life that we've just come to expect? Things in life that have just become a part of normal life. We're not bothered. We're not humiliated. We certainly don't blush. Because now it's become a part of our lives. It's not something over there. Now, instead of it being outside the sheepfold and we're in here and we're not connected to it, now all of a sudden we're drawn to things outside the sheepfold. It's come into the sheepfold and we don't blush anymore. We all have issues that we deal with. There's not a person in this room, there's not a person online who can say, I've lived long enough that I no longer struggle with anything. I've conquered it all, I've gone through it, I've worked it out, everything's good and I can just coast on through life. Nobody here or there can say that. We're all struggling in some way and in some how. Here's the key. Watch out. When the things with which we struggle become things over which we blush no more. Things 
over which we do not bow our heads before God and say, sorry. Things that we flaunt in front of, we never oppose, we never stand up against. Watch out. Because then we've failed to be sheepish. But as long as we're fighting, as long as we're still embarrassed, as long as we find the humiliation effect that causes us to drop our heads and just place it in God's hands, there's still hope. While we might use the term more negatively than positively, sheepish, it's just positive with God. He uses the word, be a sheep. Someone told me today, well, in fact, we were recording church debater and preacher Mike. And Greg made the comment, maybe off camera, I'm not sure, don't remember. But he said, I've thought that maybe God created sheep just for the purpose of being able to use them about his children in the New Testament era. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Of course, there is that side benefit of the wool for clothes and something to eat. But it makes a point, doesn't it? God intentionally wants us to be sheep. And if He wants us to be sheep, He wants us to be sheepish. And in the way we use sheepish, we need to learn to be embarrassed, to blush when things are not right. I hope today that we can see the abundant life lies in being sheepish sheep. If you're not a child of God, if you're not one of His sheep, it would be a great time, any time, to obey your Lord in baptism. To get right with the Lord, to pray, to honor Him, to be humiliated in prayer before Him. Let us think about that. Let me encourage you and challenge each of us to work on our sheepishness. And now, as always, may God bless our country, our church, and every one of us that we will, in fact, be sheepish sheep. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.